Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 427 of the World's Most Dangerous Show. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? I'm your friend. Uh, I made it. For the, for the purposes of the show, yes. Chad, I am wonderful. I'm excited to talk a little Reds baseball with, you know, what I've been told is the number four Reds podcast in Malaysia. So we've got it's that impressive. for us. We're, move, we're shooting up the charts like a ball. Climbing up. <laughs> yes. So, you know, um, the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, this has been a week. It's been an interesting week, and we want to talk a little bit about the uh, the good play of the Reds because there has been some better play, and I think it's uh, fun to talk about. And it's what I wrote about this week at, at the magazine. But before we do that, we have to talk about the news of the week. Are you ready for the news of the week? There's been news. Oh, there's been one piece of news that we have to discuss. <laughs> oh, gosh, do the it. Biggest news of the season. So the Reds are, you know, they're in the, at Great American Ballpark and getting ready to play the Giants. And something's going on out in the outfield. And it turns out that uh, Tommy Pham, Reds current uh, left fielder, Tommy Pham, slapped Jock Peterson, for the Giants' Jock Peterson, slapped him in the face. Which is insane enough. Pre-game slapping uh, somebody on the other team across the face, and then we come to find out it's because it was a, a this is a kind of long-standing dispute over their fantasy football league. And I'm telling you, the the interview with Jock Peterson where he's like explaining all this and talking about their group text, and I'm like, is this is this real life? What are we watching here? And Tommy Pham gets a three-game suspension out of it, which he did not uh, appeal. And uh, he's back tonight and has uh, helped the team tonight, actually. But what complete and utter insanity was this, Nate? It's crazy that of all the uh, you know, the things that have happened so far this season, that this is the one that has captured the media's attention the most. Uh, we won a game with you know uh, no RBIs. We we lost a game that were through a no hitter, three and twenty two. But no, it's the slap heard around the world. First off, don't slap people. That's, that's just like a thing. Just don't yes. don't yes. slap people. Second off, I feel a little bit of responsibility because it was last week on this podcast where I started saying some positive things about Tommy Pham. So maybe I set things in motion accidentally. So I do apologize for that. But I've got some questions. Like, first, from everything I know about Tommy Pham or I've read about him, how did he get invited into this league in the first place? Second, according to The Athletic, Mike Moustakis also in the league. Oh, so I would like to hear more from him. So probably he probably will not say anything because he doesn't want to get slapped. <laughs> and who's, who's the commissioner? Who's the commissioner of this fantasy league? Did you see some, that? Some schmuck named Mike Trout. His uh, his little press conference was too funny, and I think that he kind of hit the nail on the head. It was just come on, like this is only still a story because you all won't let it die. <laughs> and here we are. Well, it's a story. It happened on the field before a Major League Baseball game, and I understand why it's a story. And, yes, it's ridiculous, but uh, there's something, you know, Tommy Pham, there's been something a little off about him all season, you know, the, the quotes he's he's had. And, you know, I told uh, some people that when he signed with the Reds, I was like, well, this isn't all right. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with this based on his production. I think, and what, you know, the Reds need somebody to play left field because they traded uh, Winker away. And a buddy of mine who's a big Cardinals fan, and, I, yes, I'm sorry, I have a friend who's a Cardinals fan, said, oh, man, that's one guy that I never missed 
And we didn't really get into a conversation, but he just did not like Tommy Pham for whatever reason. Maybe I should ask you know, him now. You know, uh, Mr. Pham had a, uh, he hasn't had the easiest of upbringings. Uh, single mom, twin sibling, uh, father um, in and out of being incarcerated. So, like, there's some stuff going on that I am not qualified to speak on. But you still, you just don't slap. You don't slap people. Yeah. I mean, the dude, the dude's not stable. I mean, I don't know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, <laughs> his antics have, have, uh, have, have worn on me, I guess. I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm ready for the Tommy Fam era to be over. Um, not that he's been awful since that opening stretch where he was, you know, he didn't get to hit his first 906 at bats for the Reds. Um, he's, he's actually been, been productive since then, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat productive, uh, not all-star oh. level we're talking about, but I just, but the, why, why is this team? Here's, here's my question. I've had this question since probably about 1980, I don't know, 89, probably those Cincinnati Reds. It's always a three ring circus, whether they're good or they're bad. There's some kind of insanity going on around the Reds, you know, uh, Started with the you know the Pete Rose gambling and stuff you know and it's like every year they went straight into March shot and then it went into you know leather pants Bowden and just something always going on around this team you know that's just completely insanity seems like for my whole life and uh, you know, off the field stuff and uh, Tommy Pham just to add him to the list I guess but uh, you know even in the last couple few years you know the fights and the, you know Mary Garrett charging the dugout there's always some kind of craziness that doesn't actually have to do with baseball around this theme and I'm usually here for it, but I think that, uh, uh, the Phil Castellini circus, uh, kind of, uh, dampened my enthusiasm for the, uh, the, the mayhem surrounding this program. I just want to see the Reds win. I don't want to see this nonsense. Yeah. Well, all we can do now is just root for fame to go on an epic heater, increase his trade value and we get rid of him in a few weeks. Amen. Amen. I'll, uh, I'll sign that legislation. Well, um, I say this: the Reds are about to win tonight. Hopefully, I shouldn't say that. Ooh, We're still the eighth as we record that, but they are do have a seven-run lead, which is not quite bullpen-proof, but we're getting there. Um, and I think the, that'll make. Uh, let's see. Let me look at that again. I just had that. Uh, um, six six wins in the last eight games for the Reds, and um, and I, actually, before we do that, I, I completely skipped our script here. Uh, <laughs> Nate, I'm sorry. It's uh, it's too late for this. Um, why you keep me up so late? Um, we had a couple of viewer mail questions about the Tommy Fam thing, so let me let's uh, let's go ahead and answer those right now. Uh, these questions, of course, come from our friends at, at Patreon.com/RiverfrontCincy. Patreon.com/RiverfrontCincy, where you too can support the world's most dangerous show. First question comes from Joe Farsing. Joe says, "Is Tommy Fam now considered a slap hitter?" Asking for a friend. <laughs> I don't have an answer to that, but it made me laugh out loud multiple times yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. He's a, he's a slap hitter. Oh my god, I can't believe we're talking about this. But uh, next question is from Joey Gadiza. Joey asks, "Who would be more irritating to be around for a long period of time, Sam or Matt Latos?" And that's actually kind of an interesting <laughs> question because most players that play for the Reds, if you know whether they're good or bad, I don't ever really. Th- think poorly of them. I think, well, they're trying their best and they're just not quite good enough or whatever. 
But those are two guys, Tommy Pham and Matt Latos, who were just uh, did not make a good impression on anyone around. Are there other guys like that that you can think of? Who are, who are other guys like that? That yeah, I want to say Jim Edmonds, but I wonder if that's just because he, he was a stupid car. I don't want to believe anything good about him, but um, so I don't know the answer to that. But I, 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 did we take Tommy Pham over Matt Latos? I think you kind of do because. When I try to play this scenario out in my head, I see Tommy Pham just like sitting in the corner of the clubhouse, muttering angrily to himself, and everybody just stays away, gives him his space. But I see Latos as the type of guy that's right up in your mug, whispering conspiracy theories, trying to convince you that the <laughs> world is flat. <laughs> that sounds a little more annoying to me. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But the, I guess maybe my argument there uh, on the other side would be, well, when Latos was here, there's there a while there where he was really, really good. It was a short yeah. period of time, but he was really good. So at least you'll get some production out of it. Um, I don't know. Oh, is that uh, oh, just two outs in the top of the eight? Um, so we're trying to keep an eye on the Reds game here because we want to see them win that sixth game uh, of out of their last eight. And the well, one I call the, the kind of resurgent Reds. That's what I wrote about this week at uh, at the magazine. And, you know, um, it's overstating the case a little, frankly. Um it, you know, this team is not going to uh, be likely to be competing for any, uh, you know, any playoff spots. Whoa, but whoa. Uh, they're still, <laughs> they're still. What are they now? Fourteen games under five hundred. Fifteen games under five hundred. Uh, they're st- still, uh, yeah, fifteen games under five hundred. Soon to be fourteen. Hopefully, if they win tonight. Um, but since that awful start, you know, they lost twenty-two of their first twenty-five. Um, one in 20 after Phil Castellini vomited all over himself. Um, the Reds have a winning record. I think they're 14 and 10 since then, but go 15 and 10 tonight since they started uh, the second worst start in the history of baseball. They have, uh, even in the games that they're, you know, um, not winning, they're competitive, which they were not at all for the first four weeks of the season. So for those of us that were, Hopeless. We watch this team uh, all the time. Anyway, you know what? It's at least they're they're interesting, more interesting now, and not on a three ring circus type of interesting. But on the field, they're they're competing, and there's some reasons for that that we can get into. But it's been uh, it's been a lot more fun, and uh, I'm here for it. Look, if we're gonna be here anyway, they might as well be interesting. Either they're gonna go all the way and have the worst record in the history of baseball, like we talked about early in the year we'll just laugh our way through it or you know play competitive baseball and i give us something to uh to be happy about what are your thoughts nate yeah there's been plenty to root for lately um i just want to point out real quick that after uh, the winning may that the reds had i'm assuming we should never assume but if they uh capitalize on this eight to one league going into the bottom of the eighth that'll put them in 18 and 32 i believe that the washington nationals were 18 and 31 the year that they ended up winning the World Series. Was that 2019? So there's only a one-game difference in the loss column in that in those standings. I'm not saying we're going to win at all, but playoffs? You talking about playoffs? <laughs> Come on. Get out only, of here, Nate. I love it. Hey, in the last 10 games, only uh, three non-division leading teams in the NL have a winning record. The Reds are one of them. Unfortunately, the other two are the Cardinals and Pirates. <laughs> who somehow swept the Dodgers, but uh, they're playing really fun baseball. I think uh, they're doing it on the back, on the backs of their starting pitchers, which we'll get into a little bit later. They've they've been super fun. They've 
They're playing hard. I don't know. It's, it's like a completely different team than what they trotted out there for the first 25 days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, since May 1st, the Reds are fourth in the National League in runs scored. That's before tonight with eight more runs. Maybe they move up in that. And yeah, that includes that 20-run outburst. But still, they're fourth in the National League um, at, the, you know, at the end of April. They were uh, dead last in the majors. Dead last in the majors. And, you know, uh, you're right. It is, or the, it is the pitching that we, we're going to talk about. But uh, the fact that Tyler Stevenson returned has just been incredible. Um, Joey Votto is back. Now, he hasn't played much, but he's back. He's, com- he's completely 100% back. The Joey Votto that's playing right now, tell me I'm wrong, is the same Joey Votto we saw all last year. I mean, he's, he's, he's the same guy, and, oh, my gosh, I'm here for it. I mean, he's locked in at the plate. The confidence, the swagger's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he knows he's he's dialed in, and um, I, I don't know. I, I I'm excited to see what he does over the next month. Again, he can just stay healthy. Uh, there's no reason to think he's not going to be great in the middle of the order. Which Cincinnati Red leads the team in uh, home runs since May first? Since May first, little trivia time for you here, Nate. Ooh. Trivia time. I mean, is it not Brandon Drury? It is Brandon Drury. Hey. The legend, Brandon Drury. We all would have guessed it. We all I think we had, it. we had a preseason pod where we did preseason predictions, and I think that at least two of the three of us predicted Brandon Drury to lead the team in home run. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Also on the offensive side of the ledger, uh, it's kind of funny the way it worked out is that Mike Moustakas was insanely hot for like 14 games mm-hmm. early in the month. And then as soon as he cooled off, Kyle Farmer went nuts. You know, Kyle Farmer, uh, before yesterday, these numbers aren't or before yesterday, and he, again, he has a three-run home run tonight already, but before yesterday, he was hitting 536 with three homers in, in eight games. So um, so the offense has been way better, but but you're right. It's the pitching, and it's exactly the pitchers we expected it to be. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's the pitchers that I expected it to be, one of them in particular. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's do it now. Let's do it right now. As we are recording this, like we said, it's the bottom of the eighth in the game one in this series against the Nationals. And my boy, my man, Graham Ashcraft, wrapped up a spectacular seven innings, four hits, one earned run, with five Ks, and only one walk. The guy just throws ground balls. It's He's, he's so much fun to watch. The ball dances all over the strike zone. He's attacking hitters nonstop. And he's looked good every time he's taken the mound. Um, he makes the uh, he makes the infielders work. That's for sure. It looks like he filled his his position pretty well too. But I said it on the last one. It's 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 crazy to me. It's like he has four pitches, but he's only throwing two. The way that yeah. thing moves. So I am excited, and I'm glad that everybody else can get on board now. It's undeniable. He's a stud. Well, you were certainly early on the Graham Ashcraft train, but uh, th- yeah, this was his second start at home, his his home debut in Cincinnati. Uh, he pitched into the seventh inning, gave up uh, uh, four hits, two walks, uh, and, and only threw ninety two pitches. But what I, what I liked a couple things. Like number one, his first three pitches of the game ninety nine point four miles per hour, one hundred point one, and one hundred one. But what what I love about him now, the three times that we've seen him pitch, and he's been just uh, spectacular. Let's see what's his uh, what's his ERA. Now, 1.53 after uh, after three outings. But when you watch him pitch, and if you haven't seen him, what you seen him yet, you need to watch him. Um, well, I, I love the enthusiasm. First of all, I, he's having a good time out there. Clearly, mm-hmm. 
but I just love how he goes at hitters. He really goes after them. He's, he doesn't, uh, you know, fool around. You say he throws ground balls, and uh, he's not afraid to let them hit it if they can, but he's like, here it is, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, crazy movement, but he's just fearless. Now, are big league hitters going to catch up to him? No. I think he's probably going to end his career with at least a 1.53 <laughs> ERA. This is what I'm well, talking about. They may catch up, <laughs> they may catch up to himself, but, um, no, nah, I just – it's a – it's not as exciting as the Hunter Green's early starts for different reasons, but in its own way, it, again, I don't know if you about con- had had already about convinced me that he could be a starter because um, I'd always kind of pegged him for the bullpen. But I don't know. I watch this guy, and I, there's not a single thing not to like about him. Just a, a sort of a, a happy-go-lucky, having a good time, getting fired up, pumping his mm-hmm. fist as he goes off the field, and really challenging some of the best hitters. Uh, in the world. And man, it's just, uh, I could go on all night talking about it. And I really should let you go on all night because uh, you're the one that led us all down this path. Uh, I see what it says back there behind you. Now accepting mm-hmm. applications. Is that what that says? That's right. I'm Ashcraft fan club. Just yeah. I just, fun. I love the way he, uh, he pitches to, to contact. He generates that weak contact. So he's, he knows his stuff is going to move enough that it's going to be really, really hard to get the barrel of the ball, uh, the barrel of the bat on it. And he's just fearless out there. It's like, this is my stuff. I'm pretty sure it's better than what you've got. Let's go. The way he was uh, attacking Juan Soto tonight, beautiful to see. Beautiful. Yeah. He walked one guy tonight. And this is something we uh, we complain about. Everybody complains about Tyler Malley on, on this point. Mm-hmm. He pitched seven innings, 92 pitches. That's, that's two – last game was six and a third, 92 pitches. It's – that's more pitch efficient than we had some of our other starters. Yeah, yeah, Mally and Castillo are, you know, that's kind of been the one of the big criticisms against them. And so, uh, and it's because that's why he's not nibbling. He's, he said, here it is. I don't think you can hit it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time he's right. Yep. Man. Well, there's been some other guys that have done pretty well over the last week also that are worth mentioning. Uh, you just mentioned one, Tyler Malley. How about his last outing? Yeah, almost got a no-hitter. I mean, that, uh, as, as we were all kind of getting worried about Tyler Mallon, we talked about some in the last show, wow. That looked like the Tyler Mallon that I remembered, mm-hmm. just uh, just gorgeous. And then, and then, of course, the bullpen stepped in and blew it. But uh, Yeah, I was looking up his uh, baseball reference, and in the last 28 days, Tyler Mallon has a 4.18 ERA, which is not that far off his you know, numbers from the last few years. But his whip is 1.071 with 10 plus Ks per nine. I mean, the stuff's still there. He's, I think he just had some bad luck. Yeah. And what I liked most about it, um, uh, unless I'm misremembering this, but in my head, I'm remembering it. Um, yeah. No, I'm right. It was at home. And for some reason, he's not been, never been able to pitch at Great American. And now yeah. it may be his best, uh, best start of the season at, at uh, Great American. It was fantastic. But I just, uh, when Tyler Malley's doing what Tyler Malley does, I've been saying this since he was in the minors. He was kind of my, not really Graham Ashcraft, but the one the guy that I kept saying, I think he's, everybody's like, he doesn't throw hard enough or he doesn't strike enough people, batter enough hitters out. And my thought was, has always been, and if you've been a long time listener to this show, first of all, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I don't understand why anyone would listen to a second episode after they've listened to one. But I've always been like, he gets guys out. That's the name of the game. He gets batters out i don't know how he does it you know none of us ever knew how uh, greg maddox did it and yes i am comparing tyler mallet to greg maddox obviously they're they're identical in just about every way but uh 
I don't know. I was frustrated with his early season, uh, you know, uneven play. Man, if he if he if he's back, um, Luis Castillo had a great start this week. We can talk about um, those guys, and you add them to uh, to to Graham Ashcraft and uh, Hunter Green, the two rookie pitchers we expected to be great this year. Um, you know, I... Nickel Dolo is right behind him. Started a rehab stint today, I think, or got assigned to one. You forgot about Mike Miner. <laughs> yes, I. That was deliberate. Thanks for reminding me. That's depth, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, we can joke, and we will joke. Uh, first of all, the two best pitchers on the Reds this year, as we all predicted, Graham Ashcraft and Connor Overton. <laughs> Rest in peace, Connor Overton. Oh God. <laughs> Pour one out, but I don't want to waste it. Uh, he didn't die. Connor Ogden did not die, and I wish I wish him the best of luck. Um, he was great. I'm going to remember the Connor. If he never comes back, or if he comes back and just turns back into Connor Overton, we're always going to have that four-start stretch where he was the best pitcher in the history of the Cincinnati Reds. You can look it up. You can buy all the stats. There's never been a pitcher have a better four-start stretch. Don't come I mean, at me with Johnny Vandermeer. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> He was good enough to where that he won't even be considered an obscure former red. He'll just be a former red. Exactly. Exactly. Even though he may not, he may never pitch for the Reds. Oh, let's not say that. But, but joking aside, where I was going with all that was um, depth is the single biggest problem with this team up and down the lineup. It's absolutely the biggest problem. It's why we've got, although he's not been bad, but, you know, Almora Jr., for example, who's actually been okay. But, you know, you got him starting every day. We had the Jake Fraley experience. I saw the Jake Fraley experience at Bonnaroo about six years ago, man. They were great. <laughs> they were fantastic. Um, oh, my Jake God. Fraley experience. Um, you know, good. so so depth in the lineup is the biggest problem we've got. You mm-hmm. know, Colin Moran is playing first base for this team for a while. Um, Matt Reynolds. There is a guy named Matt Reynolds on this team. I've never actually seen him. I see his name in the box score, but I've never actually seen him on the field. But on the pitching side of it, on the starting side of it, we got rid of you know Wade Miley and Sonny Gray. Uh, again, Sonny Gray back off. He's been pitching well, but back on the disabled list. Uh, get better soon. Um, and you're like, ah, I don't know. You know, depth is going to be a problem, and it has been at times. I mean, Reaver San Martin was in the rotation to start the year, but now you start looking up, and Castillo is back uh, from injury, uh, and looking like Castillo. Castillo uh, is back, back. Looking yeah, like a yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, his 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 uh, game, the first game against against uh, Boston, was just a dude, man. That's the when he's throwing like that. I'm telling you, he's one of my inner circle five favorite Reds of all time. Just at at yeah. his peak, if we're talking peak Reds, because he just he makes batters look silly. And so I don't know how long he or Miley either one are gonna be there. But you got those two. You know, you got Graham Ashcraft. He's he's the the league will catch up to him. Possibly at some point. Watch but, a blasphemous <laughs> mouth. <laughs> no. But but he's a guy that looks like he could be it. He could be a dude. Um, you know, you got uh Hunter Green, who we've just extolled his virtues all year, Nick Lodolo back, Mike Miner, and uh, so all of a sudden you're looking at least they have some arms, and the bullpen has been bad at times, but it's not been 2021 Reds bad. No. <laughs> Which is, Saying yet, uh, that's not saying anything. So, but anyway, I think you're. I think you're right. I'm just basically. Uh, I'm using a, a, a longer span of time to say the exact same thing you just said, which is, hey, this pitching staff, all of a sudden, doesn't look that bad. 
No. Um, another quick note on Castillo. He has been just lights out. The, uh, his opponent's slash line right now, players are hitting 196, 257, 320 against Luis Castillo this season. Those are Kyle Farmer numbers, baby. He's got a <laughs> – He's got a 1.013 whip, and I don't know about you, but I think around here we typically like it when the whip starts with 1.0 something. That's good. Oh, yeah. He's been dominant. He's been dominant. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, I, um, we kind of shuffled past Hunter Green, but uh, he, he did not have a – he had a completely dominant first three innings against Boston. Yeah. And it fell apart pretty quickly, but you know, it happens, I guess. But man, he's had some starts lately where he just looks well. In those first three innings, he struck out seven hitters, and he, he's making people look silly. He's so close. He's so yep. close to being an inner circle, you know, an all-star pitcher. He's really that close, and he's, I think, fourteen years old or something. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, so get one little back. It's exciting. Pretty happy. Exciting to think about it. If if we can somehow Reds Reds pulled it out eight one. And this one belongs to the Reds. Um, hey, six wins in eight games. This team is amazing. They're a juggernaut. They're unstoppable. I'm here Sorry, for it. I got a little excited there. <laughs> no, but if they can somehow not trade away Castillo or Mali, that the potential rotation of those five five dudes is just it's exciting. It's really really something to uh, tune in every game for now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So again, so we started the season just trying to find reasons to smile and have a good time. But you know, um, at this moment in time, something we I've, I've said a lot, which is that a team is never as good as they look at their best, and they're never as bad as they look at their worst. The Reds are somewhere in the middle. We've already seen their worst. Maybe we'll see in their best here for a little while, and it'll get them back uh, within, I don't know, fighting spot. What are they now? Uh, Three and a half games away from not being in last place. They no longer have the worst record in the majors. Oh my God, yeah. Time to be. Um, they got a long way to go, but uh, I looked it up the other day and they were nine and a half games out of a playoff spot. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound awful. It was just, you know, into May. And then I looked at closer and I saw that they would have to still uh, go past, move past every single other team in the league to get there. <laughs> Because every other team in the league were fewer than uh, nine and a half out. But when when I checked, I should probably look, pull this up again. Fangraphs playoff odds. Um, when I looked a couple of days ago, from when I was writing my Cincinnati Magazine column, the Reds had better playoff odds than the Pirates. So, hey, listen, stick with those kind of stats. Pretend you are a suburban housewife looking at whatever your political TV show of choice is. Find the stat that you like and run with it. That's right, exactly. That's the way that's the way things work this day and age. Listen only to opinions that you agree with. And so we're gonna choose to just look at things that tell us that the Reds are awesome. And that's what we're gonna tell you all about. You can't trust us anyway, and now you really can't trust us because we're just gonna lie to you and tell you the Reds are awesome. Is that a good just business model? Yeah, don't watch the games. Um it actually is a good business model. Yeah, frankly, it's working as, really as, well for <laughs> some, some of these news channels. News yeah, all right. That's just what we need to do. <laughs> Who are you gonna believe? Me or your lion eyes? The Reds are awesome. Uh, so what else happened this week for the Reds? Um, Tyler Nake went to the injured list. Uh, TJ Friedel was recalled. The Reds got some guy named Luis Chevalier. Ooh, you big fan? Well, you big fan? Well pronounced. <laughs> are you a big fan of Luis Chevalier? I had to Google him. I didn't believe you when I saw this note on the uh, <laughs> on the, the podcast notes. Like Chad's making stuff up just to test me. But you know what do you what do you expect when you you're 
swapping him for a 27-year-old righty who's been designated for assignment. You're going to get guys like Luis, however you pronounce that. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was, he's, uh, it was completing their trade back in April where they had sent uh, Riley O'Brien to the Mariners. So, I don't know, 20-year-old infielder, well, whatever. I just wanted to say Luis Chevalier. Hey, you ever seen this short film called Hotel Chevalier, Nate? No. You need to go watch it. Wes Anderson. Oh, really? Okay, then I apologize. I do need to watch uh, it. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Jason Schwartzman. Very hotel. Hey, that's what we're going to call Great Weiss. Makes it to the big leagues. <laughs> um, Jonathan Indy is not back. Why is Jonathan Indy not back? He is not back yet. I don't know. Um, hamstrings, I guess you don't want to mess with, but he has been having an eventful time on the injured list. Um, and if you saw it along with his girlfriend, they adopted a dog named Joey Votto, which entertains <laughs> me to no end. I've also really been getting a kick out of like, he goes on all the road trips. He's in the dugout during the games. Like he has been staying engaged with this team and he goes crazy. Anytime something good on the field happens. Um, I got him excited about the next several years of Jonathan India and to all you naysayers in the chats and the Twitters, they're not going to trade him. Not until he's closer to free agents. <laughs> no, I get that all the time. Um, yeah. You know, Jonathan India, I saw an interview with him just today and he was, uh, he was frustrated by the fact that it's taking so long to come back, but they're being cautious and they should be cautious. I mean, you know, um, he's very close to, to returning, but he, he, he's, said something sort of like what you're saying, which is that I've had to find ways to help the team in other ways, to support the guys in other ways. And you're right, man, he's there. He is there. And, uh, and when I say he's there, it means that he's engaged and it's like a high school baseball team for him. Sometimes, you know, they're pros and, and it's not always uh, like you'd see in a high school dugout, but he's, it's gotta be fun playing with that guy. And I just can't wait to see him back out on the field. I mean, he, uh, we've been saying it for six, eight months now. Um, in the next five years, the number of India jerseys at the stadium is just going to explode. I mean, every kid in uh, in the greater Reds country has to be a Jonathan India fan. Although, I got to say, my favorite thing about him is that he's a good baseball player. My second favorite thing about him has been his hair. And <laughs> I don't know about these cornrows, man. I like the flow. I mean, do what you want to do, man. You be you. I don't care. If I could have hair like that, I may do cornrows too. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about the cornrows, man. That was my take. Maybe he watches this podcast and he's seen us with our hats off and was like, oh, I better just use it while I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't uh, last I, forever I, for all of us. I do see him and I think, man, when I was you know, 17, why didn't I just grow it down to my shoulders? <laughs> I never did that. I tried, I tried it once and it was a disaster and didn't have anybody from the other sex talk to me for two weeks, so I shaved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think it might have been my hair that was causing no one to speak the to me. The whole time. So yeah, we uh, we're excited about India coming back, but I'm I'm almost as excited, may, maybe more so, about somebody that's coming back for uh, Friday's game. The yeah, legendary, really. the immortal, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Miner. I've heard of that guy. Uh, yeah, starting game two, I think of the national series, right? So, or is he starting game three? Game two. Um, okay, so four games. This, come, this comes out. He'll be taking the taking the mound that day. Okay, right, right. So, yeah, you know, Mike Miner, again, we're talking about that depth, but uh, Mike Miner is kind of Wade Miley 
light or or maybe Wade Miley is like Mike Miner IPA. I don't I don't understand how this works. But um <laughs> I don't think he's quite as gonna as good as what we got from Miley last year, but he's perfectly cromulent and uh, yeah, I just um He's not going to hurt the team. It's silly to have given away Wade Miley and then gone and spent money to bring him back, another guy in. Get rid of Wade Miley because you can't afford him. But ah, we're not going to relitigate that. We've discussed that too many times here. But, yeah, I'm interested to see what he does because, again, that gives the Reds another capable arm, and it, it moves Reaver San Martin even further away from being back in the starting rotation for the Reds. And so that's always, always good to have bodies between the rotation and Reaver San Martin. Yeah, we, uh, there's the human ele- element, too. Like, just happy for the guy. Got He's off the IL, ready to play. Um, there's a few exciting things about this series to me. I mean, we do get to see uh, his return. We had Ashcraft today, um, Mally and Castillo coming up, so there's reasons to tune in. It's also a pretty fun matchup between two really good young catchers. Um, Tyler Steve, you know Tyler Stevenson, we talk about all the time. We all know and love him. He's going to be a stud for years and years. But uh, Kybert Ruiz for Washington is also a super highly touted prospect, so – Hopefully uh, they didn't – Stevenson didn't play tonight for some reason that still blows my mind. But uh, if I can see that, uh, you know, get three more games of those two kind of showing each other what they got, Yeah, I'm ready to watch. I, I don't want – I hate to get too frustrated with David Bell because he's just – he's David Bell. He's just meh. Um, he's not the worst manager ever. But, gosh, I, I, I will never understand why uh, Tyler Stevens is not at least dh I mean, is there's if you're trying to rest his, his knees and trying to rest him as a catcher, okay, that's fine. Um, I don't see how you why you can't rest him and still let him bat four times and get that bat in the line. That bat is so important to this lineup. You know, we're talking about a lineup that really doesn't have a lot of masters in it. I, I'll never understand that. So yeah, he, he'll, he'll, today they were trotting out Matt Reynolds, Albert Amore Jr., who don't get fooled by his you know 330 batting average or whatever. And Aramis Garcia, and then uh, Joe Farsing in the chat pointed out that Ty Steve has only DH three times this this season. Doesn't make any sense to me. If there if there's, I've never been on the fire David Bell bandwagon because, you know, we've had that conversation. Who are you gonna get? If if there's ever a data point for fire David Bell, it's good lord. You have one of the best young hitters in all of baseball. And that's no exaggeration. And now, because they made a stupid rule change and you have a designated hitter available, you don't have to catch him 162 games. You, know, you can catch him 100 games and let him bat 62 other times while sitting on his butt over in the dugout. Ah, oh, David Bell. All right, yeah. Hash Brown, fire, David Bell. That's the only negativity for the rest of the pod. We've done good. Yes, I agree. Yeah, we don't need to do that because, hey, the resurgent Reds. I pitched that as the t- as the headline for the uh, my piece at Cincinnati Magazine, and they didn't uh, <laughs> they didn't uh, they didn't fully buy it. Um, so well, well, to go back to what you said though, just quickly before we start getting into some some viewer mail, um, this could be an interesting weekend. The Reds are at home; they just took Game One. If Mike Miner can take Game Two, and then you got Mal and Castillo this weekend, who are kind of trending up. Yeah, three out of four, all of a sudden, this team is, you know, of course, if the Pirates are going to continue sweeping good teams, I'll be able to catch them. But at some point in the next three weeks, I'm predicting the Reds are going to catch the Pirates to move into fourth place. And the question is, should we throw a parade? 
uh, how should we celebrate the Reds moving into fourth place? It's going to happen. I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. If they're going to pass somebody to get into fourth place right now, it wouldn't even be the Pirates. It'd be the oh, Cubs. That's right. After yeah, after right. So if they're past wow. the Pirates for third place, I like this. You didn't right. know how optimistic you were being. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't look at the uh, the standings uh, today. I didn't realize that. Uh, wow. So here's what here's what I guess what we have to do. The game where the Reds have an opportunity to move into fourth place, we're probably going to have to do like a live uh, podcast during during the game and just uh, celebrate as if it's Game Seven of the World Series. Yeah, <laughs> all hands on deck. <laughs> oh man, yeah, as gotta find ways the Reds are the Reds are a cool three games out of fourth and only four and a half. Well, heard. that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, I mean, let it's me pretty ask bad. You, well, oh, it's it's really bad. That's extremely bad. But, uh, but no, it's not. It who, who are you going to believe, us or your line statistics? <laughs> uh, can I just say quickly about Tyler Naquin going on the uh, injury list? Unfortunate that uh, he's not ever been able to stay healthy in his career. But um, I, I find it difficult to dislike. Tyler Naquin, and I say that as if I've been trying really hard to figure out reasons to dislike Tyler Naquin. <laughs> I sit like here it. at night, just I gotta hate him for some reason. But uh, I like Tyler Naquin. I, I don't know what it is. He can't hit uh, except against one side of the plate, but uh, or one uh, one arm he can't. But he can uh, he he can hit really well, uh, you know, um, half the time. And I guess I'll say. And uh, but I don't know. There's just something about him, you know. I, yeah, he, I, he I like seems, I like me some Tyler Naquin. Yeah, he seems pretty popular on the club too. I remember the uh, I guess it was the Reds TikTok or Twitter or social media something was asking players in spring training as they came out of the clubhouse who the uh, funniest player was. I saw that. And most yeah. people picked Tyler Naquin. So he must um, he must be a good presence in the clubhouse too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was pretty. Um, I was I was sad when I found that out. Like I've I've enjoyed watching him all season. He's been mashing. Um, Hopefully it comes back soon. It's ten day IL right now. I don't know much more about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And again, he's uh, he's been an above average hitter. Um, and hit, when he gets hot, he gets really hot. But I just, mm-hmm. I guess maybe part of us that the Reds are so thin, and so when he's out there, I know that at least the Reds have a chance. Um, I want to talk about a couple of other guys before we move on to viewer mail. Uh, one of those is Nixon Zell. Uh, you know. What do we make about Nixon Zell? Now he did go. I'm pulling it up here today. He was uh, he reached base three more times today, two for four with a with a walk. He he's starting to sprinkle in some more of these games where he's uh, productive, but he's all, still his, his overall numbers don't, don't look good, and he's never really caught fire. And um, I I don't know. This is the best chance he's ever going to have. Uh, is, he's 27. He's got to do it this year because they have no one else. But uh, but Jose Barrero will be back soon. And That's so. True. Is he going to take some of those uh, innings? I don't in center field. I don't know. We'll, I want to talk about the other position he might take some innings from in just a moment. But any thoughts on Senzel? They're not really not a whole lot to say that we haven't said already. But I just uh, I keep waiting for that to happen, and he keeps showing these tiny flashes. But I just wonder if it's just me because I kind of have this little bias and I want to see him succeed. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna zag slightly. I kind of think that it might be happening. Um, ever since he had that uh, was a four for four two walk game, we got him base six times in one game. He Hasn't necessarily strung a lot of strong days in the box score together, but he had a couple days 
in a row where he hit three or four line drives for outs, hit the ball in the nose and just got out. Um, he had a game, I can't remember which, which game it was, just a few days ago where he had a couple backwards Ks that, according to the, uh, the, the K zone that I was watching, weren't that close. So I think I don't think he should be leading off. Um, I would like to see him protected somewhere else in the order. But it looks like he's having some really good at-bats and making good contact. It's just been a bit unlucky. So I'm, you know, I'm being optimistic here. But it seems like this is the most dialed in he's been since I've you know, been paying attention to him, which is his whole career. So I don't know. I'm excited. I think that we might be on the, on the verge of something here. Well, I appreciate that optimism. I'm not sure I can share it just yet, but I hope you're right. You know, his uh, at on-base percentage is 265. Uh, uh, should not be leading off. It should not be leading off. But on the other hand, I mean, the guy's got I, – I, I, I keep coming back to He's gotten on base everywhere he's ever been. Going back to Little League in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Um, his, his batting average on balls in play is low, which may suggest that uh, he's hitting into some bad luck. Uh, I don't know. That, that strikeout percentage is still pretty high. Um, walk percentage is um, down under his uh, his career rate. Again, we're just talking about, what, 102 plate appearances. So uh, let's not make too much of it. But I don't know. I'm kind of I'm hopeful. Um, the other guy that we really kind of need to talk about, I wish we didn't have to, but Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer's gotten hot again. And so now we get to hear everyone talk about what a uh, – a great player, Kyle Farmer is. Um, I'm pulling up now to see what his overall stats are here. It's the updated ones after today's game. He went to a one for three. Um, oh, I don't know what he no, he uh, two for four tonight with that home run. So his numbers are now 263 batting average, 317 on base, 434 slugging. Um, frankly, those are um just about in line with his uh, career numbers. He has been literally, uh, I think, uh, the worst player on the uh, on the field for most of the season, offensively and defensively. And now he did what he did last year. You remember July. He had this insane July that brought his numbers up to above average at that point, and then they went back down to kind of more consistent levels. I, I feel bad talking about him because he's another guy that everybody seems to love in the clubhouse. Uh, I have no doubt that his presence in the clubhouse is a net positive. Um, and I've al- always said I have no problem with him being on the team. Him being your starting shortstop and hitting fourth or fifth like he does often is complete insanity to me. But listen, if you're going to – maybe he hears Jose Barrera's footsteps and so he decided to get hot again. Maybe that's what it is. But um, – I like this Kyle Farmer we've seen the last two weeks. Um, there's nothing – no one should ever believe that he's going to continue hitting like this, but I, I hope he does. I hope he does. But I don't know. Have we exhausted the Kyle Farmer discussion? Well, I think that uh, it's important to note that, you know, we don't have a ton to say negatively about Kyle Farmer. We're not, we're not mad at Kyle Farmer. We're not upset with him for playing well. It's just our lack of trust in the management that we have – you know, every time he hits a home run, I'm like, oh, yes, great, go Reds. But also, is that another week that Jose Barrero doesn't play shortstop? And that's not Kyle Farmer's fault. He's just doing what he's, you know, what he's trying his best to do. But like you said, none of these three-week heaters should ever, ever prevent one at bat from Jose Barrero. 
Well, and here's what I worry about. Oh, boy, and people are going to yell at me, uh, and maybe you as well, uh, both of us, about saying, oh, yeah, but uh, Jose Barrero yeah, hit, hit 112 in his major league career so far, you know. All right, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, the Reds have nothing to play for except to figure out who's going to who, who's going to be around when the next good Reds team comes along. Now, Jose Barrero will probably be 78, 79 years old when the next good Reds team comes. But if there's a chance the Reds could have a good team uh, in, in the near future, Jose Barrero has to be at the center of, of – uh, of the conversation. There is no reason in a season like this that wherever you see Jose Barrera in your future, I think it should be a shortstop, but if you if you think it's center field, then when he gets healthy and, and fully back and he's uh, he's been mashing some balls on the rehab assignment, he needs to be playing shortstop or wherever you see him. He, now's the time to do it. What's what do you what do you lose? And what I fear is this. And again, this has nothing to do with Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer is trying, he's playing as hard as he can every day, and he's having some good games, and he's helping this team in so many ways. And let him play four different positions all throughout the week and help the team. But here's why I, I fear because we saw this when Burrell came up last year when the Reds refused to move uh, Farmer off short. Uh, David Bell this week went on and on about Kyle Farmer's intangibles. And listen, I'm telling you. I, I have no reason to doubt that he he brings something off the field with for this team um, that you know he's the the heart of the team or something like that. He can do that be, playing at third base one day, and you know uh, backing up at second base another day, and backing up at shortstop another day. He can still do all that. I'm not saying that he needs to be unemployed, but I I hear those him say his intangibles. He's so important. He's to this team, and I think oh there's your argument for playing him ahead of Jose Barrero. And, and maybe that's just me being cynical. I hope it is me being cynical. But that's what I see coming because I've seen it happen so many times with the Reds that they make decisions on who's going to play that are not based on who is the, the best option for the team. Please tell me that yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm insane. No, you said that just about as perfectly as someone could. I mean, trade Tommy Pham, get him some left field at-bats. Maybe don't ever give Matt Reynolds another at-bat. Give those to Kyle Farmer. <laughs> I mean, there there are ways to have him in the lineup four or five times a week easily and still let your young guys eat. And, I mean, listen, I think it's worth keeping around if only to get those awesome interviews with Jim Day and his granny because those are amazing. I love it. Can we just say Granny K, I think they called her. Oh, my goodness. Um, that, yeah, that's MVP. why we need to sign. She's going to yeah, be the, uh, the Reds all-star. <laughs> right. If, if there's ever a reason to sign Kyle Farber to a long-term contract, that's it. More uh, interviews with his grandmother. She is delightful. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. So again, I feel bad bringing up Kyle Farmer. Um, for he's just he's being Kyle Farmer. He's who he's always been. You know, just a, an, a below average player, frankly, who is not is good enough to help a team in certain roles, but he's miscast as a starting shortstop. Uh, and it's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough Kyle Farmer. I'm sorry. I, people get mad oh, at me when I talk positive. about Kyle Farmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went, I went, Granny K. How about her, yeah. man? If you haven't seen those interviews, go watch them. She's fantastic. Um, you want to answer you some viewer mail questions? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, I was, I was hoping that uh, Garber was going to join us tonight, but he looks like he's going to ditch us. What, his kid at a ball game? And, Priorities, man. Maybe he'll show up here at the end, but if not, let's go ahead and start answering some uh, 
some viewer mail questions. First comes from, again, these questions all come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. Patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy, where you can join the family. Why wouldn't you want to join the family? We're having a blast in the Slack channel and hanging out together and uh, getting goofy questions like this one from Kyle Kapler. Who is Matt Reynolds? That's a good question. No one knows. Who is he? I mean, again. um, I don't know where he came from. I had never heard of him before he was allegedly a Red. You know, I just, um, I know I see his name in the box scores. I don't remember actually ever actually seeing him on the field. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not, maybe this is just another one of these conspiracy theories that I got from some, uh, you know, fourth rate news channel, but um, I don't think he exists. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and stake my claim. I don't think Matt Reynolds actually exists. There is no such person as Matt Reynolds. And I challenge any of you, to uh, show me a picture of him or tell me that you've seen him actually live in the ballpark playing baseball. I think he's a figment of Bill James's imagination. He's ones and zeros. He's just on the internet. <laughs> All right, Kyle Kapler also asked, what's a worse contract, Eric Milton's or Mike Moustakas's? Consider the contracts as well as the stats. Mike Moustakas, depressing. Eric Milton. You remember Eric Milton, Nate? I do remember, not fondly. Oh, he was great. I do, crazy. I do remember. Fly ball pitchers at Great American Ballpark makes all the sense. Really good idea. Really good idea. Um, I think the answer's got to be Moose, though, right? Just from the sheer n- amount of money involved. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you maybe you want to adjust a little bit for eras. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Moustakas, frankly, has been a disaster ever since joining uh, the team. You know, his stats, uh, three years in Cincinnati, 215 average, 307 on base, 390 slug. I mean, just, he's been, he's been horrific. Um, and I'm pulling up his contract here. Yeah, he's, uh, goodness gracious. Pretty gross numbers. I think it was, was it 64 million? Yeah. Over 14 million plus years. Yeah. 14 million the first year, 60 million the second. 18 million uh, next season and a 20 million uh, team option for the following season. Um, $4 million buyout, which I imagine they will. I imagine next year is going to be the last we'll see of Moustakas. Milton was three years, 25 mil, five mil, then 10 and 10 pretty much. Which was, you know, that was more in 2005 than it was. uh, It was, uh, it it is now, but. I look at Milton, and I have to say, um, actually, I don't know who was the, who performed worse on the field. I was trying to look at some of the advanced stats, OPS plus and ERA plus, and they were pretty much right in line with each other. They were both equally um, detrimental to their team's success. <laughs> yeah, uh, Milton did do something that Mustakas never did. He led the uh, the entire league in two different categories in his first season with the Reds. <laughs> Earned runs. And home runs allowed. Yeah, usually when you see bold on the uh, baseball reference page, that's a good thing. Yeah. Like he, gave up, he gave up 43 home runs for the Phillies the year before, and the Reds said, let's sign him. Let's bring him to Great American Ballpark. Couldn't possibly go wrong. Oh, my goodness gracious. Poor Eric Milton. He's become a kind of a 
the, the punchline to a joke after all these times. But I think we agree. I think it's uh, given the, the money, I think it's probably Moustakas. I disliked Milton more. He made me uh, angrier than Moose does. Moose just makes me sad. <laughs> I think that I agree with that. Moose just makes me sad. That that can't be the title. That'd be a good title for the show, but we're we're trying to be positive. What's the title for this episode? Do we have one? What do you think? Anything you think of? Be thinking about it. Yeah. You know. James Urban. I think maybe it's uh, who is uh, Matt Reynolds? Who is Matt Reynolds? Reynolds? I think that's it. James Urban, has anyone ever had a team that has won a game with no RBIs and lost a game in which they didn't allow a single hit in the same season? This has got to be one of the most bizarre Reds teams of all time. Now, I don't know if that's uh, if that's ever happened before, but I will agree this is one of the most bizarre Reds teams. This whole, this whole season has just been nothing but, I'll say it again, a three-ring circus. So, yes, the most bizarre team of all time. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more, Nate. <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing needs to be added. It's been absurd. You don't have much to say, but when you do, it's to the point, and I, I applaud you for it, sir. <laughs> Hooper Powell. Hooper Powell, when the Reds become sellers at the deadline, do you see them bringing up some young talent that isn't on the 40-man roster, or do you see them continuing to bring in retreads? Uh, well, a, a couple things I want to talk about here with this. Uh, who's this young talent that's not on the 40-man roster? that we're talking about. I, I, I mean, Matt McClain, maybe, uh, yeah, but I, they're not gonna bring him up. You know, I, I don't, I don't see them pushing anyone in a season like this, although it could be a season to help guys get, you know, uh, acclimated to the, to the big leagues. Um, and, and I'll let you, if you have anything else to say about that, and I'll let you go ahead and do that. But then also I'm going to, going to flip it around to you and say, who are the, who, who are the Reds going to sell at the deadline? I went through the, uh, the stats for the Louisville Bats, and, I mean, first off, can we get Jose Barrero on the field before we talk about any other young guys um, on 40-man or not? But uh, the only guy whose stats kind of show that they might be worthy of a try was somebody that I made fun of a podcast or two ago, Taylor Taylor Motter or Model or Motel or <laughs> whatever that guy's name was. I was like, oh, this is like this OPS over nine. Like, He's mashing. What is his first name? And then I saw it and got super upset with myself. So um, who are they going to get rid of? I think they're going to get rid of every player on a one-year deal. They can. They should be. Um, who got their fam? Um, there's got to be some other pitchers. Was, uh, what was Overton's deal? Uh, I don't know. but it's, hey, He was on a minor league deal, I think. So, yeah, he's okay. he's, he's not going anywhere. I, um, I think fam I is gone. I think if someone will take fam, he's gone. I agree with you on that. I think somebody will, a contender will. It's somebody that's, you know, this extra playoff spot. Um, fingers crossed. I think they'll listen on everybody, but if the Reds keep winning, they might just let the goodwill go. It's like, hey, we need to uh, keep, keep keep butts in seats. And the only way to do that is to not have a fire sale. Um, hmm. Naquin, Naquin could go. I don't think you can get rid of Sinzel. I mean, he's, they'd be selling low. Um, yeah. If you... Traded Joey Votto. There's going to be uh, you know riots in downtown Cincinnati and the surrounding market, media market. I don't believe the Reds would, uh, the Castellini fan would ever allow decisions to be made based on uh, not baseball decisions, but on you know butts in the seats or things like that. I just I don't think it's ever happened before. Said the guy who can't remember past yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked a little bit briefly about this last week. I. I w- Either Tyler Malley or Luis Casillo are not going to be Reds at the end of the season. I don't want to speak one of those guys. Existence. Yeah, 
One of one of one of those guys is is going. I, I don't see any way around it. I, I, although there's pretty ample evidence at this point that Nick crawled at know what he's doing, so maybe he doesn't realize um, that that's really the, the most value they've got. That's probably not going to be around on the next good Reds team. But uh, on the other hand, with the young talent coming up, they're close enough that I, I, I I'd roll the dice. But that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not a GM. Yeah, I mean, I get the argument. There's, you can get something for, especially Castillo right now, and he's every team in the league wants him in their five man, uh, in, in their three man from the playoffs. But I just, uh, it, it it pains me to think about a point later in the year when the Reds are mathematically eliminated, the fun is gone. Um, they're bringing up Taylor Motter in September, and Luis Castillo plays for somebody else. Uh, maybe, I don't know, so, sometimes I think, well, you know, with the possible exception of Tommy Fan and um, the fictional Matt Reynolds, there's not really anyone on the Reds roster that I'm like, get rid of this guy, you know. I like all, I like all these guys. Yeah. Most of them are, are easy to root for, and, uh, you know. Um, uh, but the flip side of that is, well, you know, I like Luis Castillo. And wouldn't it be nice to see him pitching for a contender? Wouldn't it be nice to see him pitching in a World Series? How much fun would that be to watch that guy we watched grow up and knowing that it's never going to happen in Cincinnati? Luis Castillo and Tyler Mallard are never going to play in a World Series in Cincinnati. I'm sorry. I, I, Listen, I, know I want them to be happy. Just I don't want yeah. them to be happy more than I want myself to be happy. So, sorry. That's what's, re- that's what's really important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Votto? What if the, the Blue Jays are uh, make a splash for Votto and he has a chance to go play in a World Series? Just bite your tongue. Don't even say. Okay. I know, I know, but I love Joey Votto. I want the Reds have forsaken him. I want, I'd like to see him get a chance. If he expressed interest in playing for a contender elsewhere, then I would be all about it. Yeah, he won't do that. He won't do that. He won't do that. All right, final question of the night. And this is a pretty good one. Um, Rich Thompson. It has been said that the course of a person's life and those around them are often defined by one decision. With that said, I ask you all this question. What do you think would have been the possible outcomes for Shohei Otani and the Reds if he decided to sign with the Reds instead of the Angels? Now, I don't know if you all remember when Otani was was coming over, Mm -hmm. but uh, Dick Williams was president of baseball operations at the time, and he made a legit push. Now, the Reds probably never had a chance, ultimately. But he made a legit push. Um, I remember, uh, you know, seeing the the the, the uh, electronic, uh, like an iPad and a bunch of stuff. They were, like, you know, trying to show him why Cincinnati would be great for him, and they they really went all out for Cincinnati. And it was something Cincinnati had never done for a player of that caliber. And then, um, obviously, we know what happened. He goes to to the Angels, and he's been unbelievable ever since then. But what happens if the Reds get him? And I think that's your sliding doors moment. If Shohei Otani were to have come, every single thing about this organization is different today than it than uh, as it turned out. Uh, now maybe I'm overestimating Bob Castellani and Phil Castellani. Maybe they still would have gone nuts and reverse course like they do every two years. But they get Shohei Otani. It's further uh, kind of uh, cement in the uh, the brick wall that uh, that Dick Williams was building uh, between baseball operations and ownership they're maybe a little better in you know 2019 the 2020 season maybe you know um 
it's just things are different. They're able to track more free agents. The, the Castellini's are convinced to um, stay the course a little longer. I think if they get a, have a superstar like Shohei Otani, even the Castellini's would not have uh, veered off course. Uh, Rich, I wish you hadn't asked this question because it's a, kind of a sad one, but that's the, what I call the sliding doors moment. That's when, you know, not that they ever had a chance on him, but if ever, anything was, if there was going to be anything that kept this nonsense from happening from the last couple of years, that would have been it. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I like to imagine there's some sort of Doctor Strange-esque multiverse where Shohei comes back in time, convinces the original Shohei to choose the Reds, but then convinces future buddy Mike Trout to demand a trade to Cincy. They win some <laughs> rings, retire together, and then live out the rest of their lives in the Cincinnati area, opening a chain of Asian fusion restaurants or something. <laughs> I love I'm, it all. I'm ready. For, I'm ready for that timeline. But seriously, though, the Reds didn't even deserve a show go. They definitely don't deserve a show. Hey, <laughs> that's true. That's that's so Who's true. Mashing <sighs> the AAA for the Padres right now. Yeah, somebody on our Slack channel said today. I don't remember who it was, but said uh, best uh, AAA or quadruple play a quadruple A player of all time. I wish nothing but the best. Uh, good vibes only for Shogo Akiyama. Mm-hmm. I, I hope he gets a chance in the big leagues and hits just as well in the big leagues. Um, nothing bad to say about that guy. Uh, Shohei. Hey, but the Reds are good. The hottest team in the league, baby. They're resurgent. They're amazing. They have a stud uh, rotation anchored by Graham Ashcraft. Playoff What's not to love about the Cincinnati Reds? <laughs> Seriously, that's the question I'm asking you, Nate. What's not to love about these Cincinnati Reds? Just about everything um, above field level. Yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, please, uh, he's at NC Dotson32. That's uh, that's uh, Nate's Twitter handle. I want you to go and tweet Impressive. at him. I didn't even pictures. Know that. I think it is. I hope it's right. <laughs> um, tweet pictures to him of Matt Reynolds. Okay, <laughs> he's a he's a Matt Reynolds denier. A I'm Matt not, Reynolds I've never, skeptic. I've never seen Chad Dotson and Matt Reynolds in the same room at the same time. Wait. Just saying. Stop. Hush. <laughs> uh, episode over. Stop. Uh, let's not go too yeah. far down that. We've got to cut that out. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> edit. Edit. Cut. Um, all right. This is The Riverfront. This was episode number 427 of the World's Most Dangerous Show. I am uh, Chad Dotson. He's Nate Dotson. Um, Thank you so much for listening to us and for subscribing. And uh, I would ask you to go to youtube.com slash Riverfront Cincy. That's our, our channel. You're maybe watching us there right now if you're not watching us at redlegnation.com. But uh, either way, wherever you're watching us, click on that the, that like button and smash the subscribe button. Don't just click it. you got to smash it. And, uh, and tell everybody you know about it. All right, there's, there's number of subscribers rising every week. Can't thank you all enough. Um, it's just been uh, it's been a fun little ride, even when the Reds have been bad. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, this, this this ship keeps sailing. Uh, we're at Riverfront Sensi on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, all at Riverfront Sensi. And if you want to join the family, you go to Patreon.com/slash Riverfront Sensi, and uh, you know, uh, and hang out with us a little bit. And maybe uh, within the next week, there might be an, uh, 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 an even better reason to come hang out with us, Nate. Right? Yeah, um, Patreon family, uh, keep your eyes peeled. We're going to do another. Um, happy hour hangout. Get on the Zoom. Everybody should get together, chat res a little bit, probably during the game. So that's we're looking to do that next week. Uh, stay tuned. And hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I don't know about you, but at least 
half of this twosome had a good time. <laughs> no, I think it's 100% of us. Uh, seriously, yeah, go come if you want to join us, you know, five bucks a month or whatever, you can get in at patreon.com and uh, and come hang out with us during the game. That was a lot of fun the last time we did that with our Patreon crew, wasn't it? Yeah, the fun part is that you get to hang out with us. The bad news is that you also sometimes have to hang out with us. So it's, it's a tough, <laughs> tough call. Uh, it's fun uh, watching the Reds game together and just uh, talking nonsense face to face, getting to put a face to some of the names. So anyway, uh, yeah, I had a blast here today. If you like us, talk about us. Tell people about us. Tell them to smash that subscribe button. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Or like Matt Reynolds, would never happened. Never happened. For Nate Dotson and for the completely imaginary Matthew Reynolds. This is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone.